All right, welcome back to the Mom Mentality Show. I'm Chris Lucian, and my co-host is Austin Chadwick. And today we have Chris Stone with us, and we're going to talk about benefits and challenges of remote mom programming as an introvert. Uh, remote mom programming as a way to keep programming jobs remote and out of the office. <laughs> and uh, using retrospectives for improving process and encouraging mobbing uh, skeptics. So, uh, Chris, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, and then we can get into those topics. Yeah, uh, my name is Chris Stone. Uh, I've been remote mob programming for two and a half years now, currently at SAMCART uh, as a senior software engineer. And uh, I also help co-organize the Software Crafters Atlanta meetup. Awesome. Yeah, welcome. Uh, well, let's talk about, um, uh, I guess, the the impact of mo uh, remote mob programming and uh, being introverted. What do you have to say there? Yeah. Um, so like when I first kind of came to uh, mob programming, um, it, it was in the kind of remote form. And I know it, it it sounded like a very odd concept and, you know, not sure that it, it was for me. And, and whenever I talk about mob programming, you know, I, I feel like, you know, cer certain people kind of self-select out of it. Like, I'm not sure that that is for me, um, but you know, as, as people will often say, like when you actually give it a try, like, you know, you, you might end up, um, you know, appreciating it. And yeah, there, there was something about it that did seem to just work. Um, when, when I first gave it a try, like I, I was able to contribute, it didn't feel, um, you know, quite as, um, as much of a burden as maybe I, I thought it would, um, so like I, I gave a uh, a presentation on um, mob programming as an introvert recently. And one of the things I, I say is, um, you know, I, I do admit that mob programming as an introvert can be draining or even even for people who are not introverted, you know, it, it, it can be draining. You know, it's a lot of social contact. It's a lot of uh, coordination. But, you know, I think there's a lot of communication coordination that we don't really think about uh even with uh, solo programming you know there's there's always a level of coordination that is required um and in fact there's some things about mob programming that actually kind of eliminate some of those other uh types like uh for example um you know there's fewer pull requests that that need to be written out and you know, asking certain people to, you know, could you please look at this pull request when you have a chance? Um, you know, and then hopefully I write up a good pull request uh, description so that when they do finally look at it, maybe several days later, they understand what I was going for. Um, and then in the actual like code review process, uh, I might not hear back for a few days and then either get like a very long thread of here's everything that was terrible about the code you wrote, or maybe just, yeah, this all looks good to me. And like, well, uh, surely there was something I could have learned in the code that I wrote, but you know, maybe it was too much, you know, they, they had their own priorities to go back to. So, you know, they, they couldn't afford too much time. So like, that's one example of some of that commu communication that, kind of can go away um because in my uh in my experience it seems like 
feedback at the time that you're actually working on something, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't feel as severe. And it's also, it can be easier to give feedback. You know, if someone's saying, here's the change I'm thinking about making, as opposed to here's a change that I put days into, and I'm very proud of everything I did. Nice, nice. Love it. Yeah, yeah. And I think, yeah, I, I feel like when they're, the mob is high trust, the the cost of feedback is almost effortless. It's almost nothing, right? When Once you've established that, um, where even if with someone that I have higher trust, but I, I talk with less often, there's always that, you know, math I'm doing in my head, like, uh, do I have I built up enough trust with them? You know, how are they going to perceive this? Where when it's just kind of like, on the fly brainstorming with someone else uh, that that, that kind of goes away. And, you know, I definitely love that. And uh, maybe before we dive more into that or other topics is um, I love that you're taking the angle as mob programming from an introvert. Um, Cause that's kind of like one of the classic uh, responses is like, Oh, it's just an extroverted thing that people just like to talk over each other in a room and then code at the same time or something. Um, what do you mean by introvert? Like a uh, kind of, where are you coming at it from in that? Oh, room? sure. Yeah. 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 And, you know, it, it is, it is kind of a, a, a spectrum, you know, there's, there's different, you know, it, it can also be kind of a loaded word, um, introverted, um, where, where I come from and where I, I kind of see myself through this label is, um, I do appreciate, uh, kind of, you know, being with people and, you know, being around others. Um, you know, I think that talking, you know, can be, you know, a, a, a bit effortful <laughs> at times, um, you know, trying to come up with the the right words and also, you know, being around people for too long, you know, can be uh, kind of draining. Uh, and I've, I've definitely seen where, you know, I've, I've had teammates that have identified as extroverted and, you know, they can, you know, be around people pretty much any time of day, you know, they, you know, they, they, they love the small talk, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Um, you know, for me, I, I normally don't go for the, the kind of situations where, um, you know, like I, I, I don't, I don't know what's the, uh, what the expectations are going to be socially or, um, or there's going to be too much talking. But I feel like with mob programming, it it doesn't it doesn't always feel um, like like when we have a team meeting and we're like we're we're brainstorming, you know, that can still kind of feel draining. But when we're talking about code and we're all focused on a solution, it's it's almost like the uh, at least for me uh, trying to see the the code through. Um, you know, it's a, something else I can focus on and, you know, I might be doing a lot of talking, but I'm, I'm not even thinking about that as much as I'm thinking about, you know, what, what can we do to get this, this problem fixed? But, but yeah, like, yeah, normally, like if, if we're talking about like more like abstract conversations and less of a concrete thing, then, uh, you know, it can be, it could be, you know, challenging, yeah, yeah. And I think most of the people I've mobbed with 
I would suspect, or I mean, like you said, there could be different ways to use the term, but for example, like in the Myers-Briggs type sense, introvert. But one thing I've noticed about them is that there's difference between talking with like a trusted group that you're very comfortable with versus small talk with random person at 7-Eleven while you're waiting in line, right? (laughs) And I feel like some people love that and maybe that's what they mean by extrovert. Like, you know, I can talk to anybody at any time about any subject, you know, um, where I feel like even the most quote unquote introverted people, they have people that they don't mind talking to and it's not draining, um, but it's not a random person uh, at a stoplight or something, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like if, if I could just uh, hypothetically imagine, um, you know, what if every day I came into work, you know, it would be a complete random uh, assignment, you know, might be, you know, at least a couple of people I've probably never seen before and, and have to introduce myself to, you know, that could, you know, probably not be as fun for me, but um, I think like meeting people that that you can actually like build like a you know, a good connection with and and build trust with and um another thing i've been thinking about is like the at least in my experience the the kind of people who uh seem to be willing to actually do mob programming as like a permanent thing you know have some like kind of common characteristics like if if you're willing to spend all day working uh, with people and talking with people, whether you see yourself as introverted or not, you know, you're probably someone who, you know, is, is empathetic, is uh, someone who's humble, you know, willing to be honest and candid about things. So I think, you know, even, even if maybe you, you normally, like, I, I, I will go to a local meetup sometimes thinking, you know, I'll, I'll uh, try to, you know, meet some people and network and then kind of end up in the corner of a room and not, not know how to take myself out of the corner. But if I'm with people that, you know, I know like we're, we're all committed, we're all here for each other, you know, that, that really does help and go a long way. Yeah. I think uh, we've also seen the, um, you know, I, I think uh, I've heard this idea that's like, oh, I'd rather work alone, but uh, the the quality of the work is so much higher <laughs> that we I, I end up preferring this because uh, you know m- maybe they're uh, the person is a little bit um, wants to work in cleaner code, and that is less daunting than working in dirty code separately. Uh, as well so i've heard that one too um which has been interesting nice nice yeah 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 and i really like this idea of i never thought about it that way it's almost like a litmus test right when uh you know hey who wants to try this you know the just even the presentation of the idea itself a lot of people self-select out not to say that they're bad people you know or anything like that but um the idea of showing up uh, says a lot uh, about what that person's willing to try, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and, and now that I think about that, I, I don't know if I've ever had anybody show up for a experimental mobbing session that didn't have the attributes you were talking about. Like, I, I don't know. Um, 
yeah, I, I'm struggling to think of a time. So I think that that's that resounds really true with me. Um, so yeah, I mean, you, you've talked about some of the the benefits. Um, and maybe, maybe what are some of the challenges for you uh, coming from that introvert perspective? Yeah, um, one thing like we, we we talked about like when there is a a level of trust, and you know when when everything's been built up. Um, you know, I think that you know, sometimes, you know, that can be kind of a challenge of getting that trust and kind of building that psychological safety. And, um, you know, I think, you know, with, with that, like there's, there's ways of, of trying to, uh, help bring about those, like with like team chartering activities or, or like other group activities, um, to try to like understand, um, you know, where one another's coming from, but, um, but yeah, there's, there's a delicate balance of like, how do we make sure that, um, you know, when we have a team of people who, you know, have varying, you know, um, social preferences, you know, how do we make sure that everyone has the, the warmth in the room for, um, contributing, when they have something to contribute, but without pressuring someone, you know, maybe someone, you know, doesn't have much to say on something, um, you know, and, and not like pressuring them to speak if they, if they don't, but, you know, making sure that if someone could have something to say that they can say it and that they can feel safe saying that. Nice. Nice. Right on. Yeah. And I think, I suspect, I mean, it's a challenge for any person, but I, I suspect for some people it's harder than others. Um, kind of the satire change model of every team change, right? Uh, some will feel that dip bigger than others, you know? Um, and so, cause then that trust has to be built back up, right? And for some people that can be built really quickly for other people that might be weeks or months, you know, to build that, that up. And so, um, yeah, I can definitely see that being a challenge um, because you're not lightly collaborating with someone, right? Like, <laughs> uh, so, uh, it, you know, trust always matters, but it especially matters within a mob, I think, um, for sure. Um, cool. Yeah. Um, but where did you speak at, by the way, on, uh, introvert, uh, um, uh, mobbing as an introvert? Yeah, there's a, a local conference, uh, where I live in Atlanta called, uh, Atlanta Developers Conference. And oh, um, yeah, just a, a small kind of developers conference, but I've uh, I've I've done some uh, some speaking and, and I'm I'm going to continue to see if maybe there's there's some other conferences I can submit to, which I can actually talk about that briefly, like the. Uh, you know, again, there's the, you know, calling myself an introvert, but also uh, speaking at conferences, but <laughs> like the, the thing is, is like I'm someone who. Like I I I appreciate what uh, you know, like trying to get into a mode of teaching can do for you know your ability to to really learn something, and um, so I, I like being able to kind of package up my thoughts in that way and also like hear from other people. But um, yeah, when it comes when it comes to conferences, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not as strong in the uh, the hallway track. <laughs> but but you know if i'm if i've got a a presentation that you know is rehearsed enough i can just 
power through on that. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not that I can't speak, but the impromptu ad hoc speaking can be difficult, but you know, again, I mean, I, I enjoy being around people, so I, I keep giving it a try. <laughs> and in general, I think it's a really valuable uh, skill for anybody uh, in in development or even in management or at kind of any any of those places. But because um, I think that uh, at some level, um, not being able to do some sort of public speaking, even if it's just in the context of presenting to executives or presenting pre presenting in uh maybe even a lunch and learn or something um at, at some level it, it, it sort of becomes career limiting too and so uh you know it's it's always important to stretch that uh muscle or you know at, at the very least um but i also just you know public speaking can be a lot of fun uh and i think from the in introvert topic um I think presenting is very different than like social interaction. And so sometimes uh, I've also heard uh, introvert versus extrovert being described as uh, being around other people is draining for introverts versus energizing for extroverts. And and so, um, you know, sometimes people just get really, really tired having to socialize. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so um you know, you, you can have uh, you can have an extrovert that is not talkative uh, and an introvert that is very talkative, uh, but maybe the, the way that their energy levels respond to being around people can differ. And, and so that's a, another thing. But in the remote environment uh, and while mobbing, um, I think there's the context of concentrating on the problem and and bouncing ideas versus you know, saying like, oh, what do you do for a living? And oh, that's interesting. <laughs> like, just trying to make small talk. I think those are very different activities and, and maybe use different parts of the brains too. So nice. Nice, nice. Yeah. So uh, a coworker of mine just shared uh, a link with me. It was like, and it was a blog post on all the benefits of learning in public. And, uh, you know, one of them was, you know, you have to like collect up your thoughts, share the context, and that helps your own learning. And, all those kind of things. And then also is getting feedback. So uh, have you gotten any feedback from your, uh, your introvert talk on mobbing yet? And how's that been? Uh, I've gotten a little bit of, uh, of feedback and it, it kind of, uh, if I may, I think this kind of goes into the next uh, topic a bit, um, which nice. is like talking about um, remote mob programming specifically and Kind of some things I've been hearing about um, a lot of remote jobs of going back to the office and requiring uh, office uh, attendance. There were people that I was speaking to at uh, like at maybe a local meetup or a conference and just seeing, you know, where do people work and um, how things are going for them. And there's definitely a trend of a lot of jobs are asking people to come back to the office and there's, there's various reasons for that. And, you know, disclaimer, like I think working in an office does work for some people. Um, but one thing that I hear is the problem with working from home is we just can't collaborate the way that we used to when we worked in the office. Mm -hmm. And when I hear this, it really strikes a chord because 
ever since I have started remote mob programming, I have felt more of uh, I've collaborated better, and it and it's kind of felt more like a like the ideal office experience compared to when I even worked in an office. Uh, so like one of the pieces of feedback that I did get from uh, the talk that I gave is from someone who wasn't really sure if mob programming was something that that he could convince his team to do. Uh, but there was something about how I described the 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 way that that we do uh, mob programming, which is we'll have like an all day long video call that anyone can uh, can join. Like we use Zoom, you know, I know other teams call, you know, could use Teams or Google Meet or some other provider, but we just have that Zoom call that anyone can join. And it's, just, it's like a meeting room, you know, the, uh, that's where all the, all the developers will come in for the day. And then product managers, designers can just pop in whenever they have something, or we can ask for someone to join. And, and this person who came to my talk said, you know, I'm not sure if I, if my team would be open to mob programming, but you know, I, I do want to go back to my team and bring up this idea of having like a, a zoom room that we can have open all day. And maybe we can convince them that, you know, there is some more, some uh, collaboration we can do from uh, a remote standpoint. There's, there's an opportunity for that kind of uh, water cooler chat that everyone says is, is missing uh, or, you know, there's there's a little bit of friction if, like, let's say you want to uh, ask someone for help on something to say, you know, do you have some time? You know, let me schedule a meeting. Let me check your calendar. But being able to 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 type, well, I'll be in our room. Come join whenever you can. You know, can can really like reduce some of that friction. Just make things easier. So. You know, I thought that was that was really interesting of like the the principles from mod programming helping with, you know, other people, even even if you're not programming, like even for, for non-programmers, just having more like using these kinds of tools for that kind of shared space. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I've seen that, too. I've. uh um, sometimes, you know, so we have uh learning hour, learning time, and sometimes I'll do a f more formal learning session. And other times I'll just spin up a room in one of the public areas, uh, like a remote room. And it's interesting just to see who joins, just to hang out and chat or, you know, join in whatever code I'm working on or come talk about whatever. And I think you're right. Like there is, yeah, like it's kind of like breaking the ice of creating the meeting and checking with someone and all, you know, all these things that people feel like, ah, it doesn't feel maybe thoughtful, you know, cause there is, there is, you, you know, you don't want to like, uh, I've heard, cause sometimes I'm in the mode where I just start include pulling people into the mob <laughs> without giving them any heads up and that can feel a little intense. Um, but, uh, so you can go too far that direction, but also just making it easy for someone to join, like click of a button, as opposed to check schedule and or have a five minute you know direct message chat back and forth to figure it out right um yeah i think i think that's awesome and so I, I guess if you were doing this would you just start a room and just kind of leave it open and be in there all day or would it would it actually be like an unmanned room <laughs> so to speak um yeah how, how would that kind of work 
Yeah, like like how we have it is, you know, anyone can join. Like it 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 doesn't wait for a specific host. So you know, okay. I I what I was recommending to this person is to kind of set the same kind of thing up. You know, maybe you don't have to feel like it's up to you to keep it going, but um, if if other people on your team or maybe even in the company kind of know about it and know that. You know, maybe I just want to, I just want to see if anyone's there and just see who I can chat with, you know, kind of like the water cooler chat, or, you know, maybe it's a, it's a space where, you know, if, if I want someone to look at something, I can say, Hey, uh, I'll be in the room, um, that it's, it's just there. And anyone, if if the room is empty, anyone Mm -hmm. who goes to, to try to join it basically starts it. Nice. Nice. I uh, I find that you know so, so there are a lot of articles out there about uh, the return to the office push being uh, uh, led by managers who want to manage by walking around, and it's funny because uh, you know I, I think mobbing and a lot of these remote tools actually help with that you know observability transparency. No one can say that any individuals not being productive because they're all working together and, and bouncing each, uh, you know, around with each other. Uh, people can join those mobbing sessions automatically uh, and, and step in. So like all of those arguments kind of fall apart. Um, I also think that uh, this idea that um, uh, the, you know, availability of people, um, I, I think that, especially when you're separated by multiple buildings. Um, you know, if a company has an in-person face-to-face culture, then um, you're spending a lot of time walking around and everything. And, and I think in general, uh, the in-person is just ends up being a lot more wasteful um, when, when it comes down to it uh, from a time standpoint and, and kind of a momentum standpoint. So um, I, I like this idea and, and, you know, creating the water cooler conversations as well um, can can be uh, very easy. You know, remote team building maybe becomes a little bit harder, but um, in in general, I think you you're actually at a net benefit um, in in those regards. So I totally agree. Yeah, and, and that just to jump in real quick. Yeah, I think I'm really glad you brought up this topic because, you know, every time in my experience, maybe there's someone out there who's seen something different where they say remote meetings are terrible or remote collaboration is terrible or remote is not as good as in person. When you ask questions to find out how they're doing it, it's like, oh, well, <laughs> if you do it that way, of course it's going to be terrible, right? Yeah, you know, two hour like, presentation right. and then got some feedback. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so, yeah. And uh, it's never something interactive like uh, like like with a, like a remote pro- mob programming session or open room or something like you're talking about, right? And so, um, and and I agree with what you said. Some people like, you know, there's some close friends of mine who just like, I like the routine of driving somewhere, being somewhere different, having the different space, and you know, having the whole uh, physicality of walking around and talking to people as opposed to clicking around to join different rooms and that kind of thing. Um, and that's totally fine, and that preference is fine. But I think that turns into a preference, not it doesn't work. The remote way doesn't work, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. Right. Um, right. And like, you know, some, some jobs, like it, it might, like some companies, maybe it does make sense 
uh, for some in, like office attendance to start up again. But yeah, if if the reason is we just can't collaborate remotely, it's like, well, <laughs> is that really true? Because we can talk about that. <laughs> yeah, the tooling is a lot better today than it has ever been in history as well. And so right. it's, it's such a hard thing to you know, take uh, at face value anymore. <laughs> yeah, so follow-up question to that is, I, I sense remote is having semantic diffusion problem, you know, where uh, because it's kind of like uh, uh, because a bunch of people have tried it since COVID, they think they've tried it, but they haven't really, you know, I mean, they, they've tried a version of it. And then so they label the whole thing one thing, you know, and I kind of seen the same thing happen with education, whether, you know, home or remote, the same thing. They experienced a very specific iteration of a remote or home. And then they walk away with the broad sweeping opinion of the whole thing. You know, it doesn't work or something like that. You know, how, how, how would you, how do you, how do you respond to that problem <laughs> of people thinking they've experienced remote? Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess I mean, that that kind of goes to, um, you know, why I, I, another reason, like I felt inspired to come up with a conference talk, you know, trying to get the word out, um, you know, knowing that, you know, there, there are, there are other answers out there, you know, how, how do, you know, how do we get the word out? And, and like this, this, the, the story of the feedback after the talk, um, you know, maybe, maybe not everyone starts adopting mob programming, uh, you know, at least like the, the same way that, you know, we do it at our companies, but, you know, there's, there's still, there's still some principles from it that have value that are worth, you know, giving a try. And, you know, I think, you know, it's, it's kind of getting the word out and, kind of encouraging people to to give some things a try you know even if you know maybe they have some some preconceived notions it's like well you know what what has your team you know actually tried uh, that might be a good segue to the next topic as well yeah <laughs> i think so improving processes and for encouraging mobbing skeptics what were your thoughts there yeah um so if if you feel like your team could try something new and uh you know a, a retrospective would be a good mechanism for for um driving that um so like in my in my opinion like having a having a retrospective on like whenever like collaboration is is deemed to be very important uh, on a team, whether that team's mob programming or not, you know, it, it, the the retrospective is like one of the most, if not the most important recurring meeting that that team can adopt. Um, it kind of goes back to some of the things that I was saying about like psychological safety and making sure that people have a safe space to kind of bring up feedback, positive and negative things that they did like and did not like. Uh, because what works for one team doesn't really work for all teams necessarily. And, you know, I would say you kind of, like I was saying before, like a, a team can't really say that they 
they do or do not like certain things or certain things don't work for them unless like they've tried it and and seen you know how does this end up working in our context so um another thing is like in my experience before my programming i've been on teams where we didn't have a team retrospective uh for like maybe every two weeks but uh ever since I've been mob programming, it feels like uh, any, any cadence more like uh, that that's longer than once a week kind of feels odd because it, it, for me, I, I feel like I need a, like, like even just me, just personally, uh, I need a mechanism for, you know, being able to talk about things and, you know, getting to hear from people. If if I'm not sure if other people, like maybe I, I feel okay with something, but I'm not sure if everyone's on board. And, you know, it's, it's not just about sharing feedback, but I want to be in a team where everyone is, is kind of feeling free to give that feedback and can feel safe giving that feedback. Nice. Nice. Love it. Yeah. And I, I'm definitely with you. Uh, yeah, I've I'm almost gotten too spoiled where if it's been more than a couple of days, I'm kind of like, I don't I don't remember. <laughs> if I would have if I thought something was wrong, I would have said it then, you know, or something, <laughs> you know. Um and so, but I had one follow-up question that I think ties back to the first topic on introversion, extroversion. So I have this debate in my own head. I'm gonna invite you both into it. Um when there's times where I feel like the formality of retros feels like too much and we should just have a chit chat, you know, just like, Hey, what do you think? What's going on? What do you want to do better? Uh, what could we do? You know, what's going well, what's not going so well, you know, kind of have the, you know, the spirit of retrospective happening, uh, but not so formal with like uh, following all the stages in the agile retrospective book or, you know, things like that. And then there are times where it's done formally. And I don't know, I mean, what are your thoughts on the pros and cons of kind of, having the official steps. And then maybe a follow-up question is, does it relate to the introvert extrovert question in your experience? Um, uh, well, one thing I'll say is uh, a, a pattern that I have seen, actually, I think basically I'm, I'm thinking back, like since my programming, I've, we, we've used this pattern of uh, rotating a retrospective facilitator so making sure that as we have retrospectives that people can take turns actually facilitating and i think that's also interesting from another level like we want to hear everyone's feedback but we also want to hear what like how people approach the whole format of the meeting and some people do stick uh, very closely to the the defined stages of an agile retrospective and some people you know maybe it's like a little icebreaker and then it's you know just one big lean coffee um facilitated discussion and you know first of all i think that's kind of interesting like just to see what what different people expect out of it um i'll say in my opinion i think i think sometimes the overly formal ones can go uh, a bit much. And, you know, if, if we're focused on like some kind of uh, gimmicky theme 
for the for the retro like are, are we are we more focused focused on that than you know the the feedback part but um but sometimes i worry that if there's not enough structure then you know if if it's just someone saying okay um come off mute who has feedback you know is someone going to feel you know not not so safe bringing their thing forward so you know i i i think i think it depends i think maybe maybe shaking it up every now and then can be helpful it's kind of my thought probably probably a good all things in moderation uh, yeah <laughs> um yeah I, I think so i have two thoughts there um well like number one is is constraints breed creativity so um you informal feedback often will lead to things that are different than um you know so, so it's like oh yeah this thing that we just worked on was you know this and this and you give your feedback and maybe choose an action item and go from there um but if you did a three three little pigs retro which i i, I like in particular because it, it's it definitely causes you to think a little bit more outside the box so you know which of our systems are a straw house a stick house and a brick house and and then talk about where people disagree only right so so if everybody says this is a stick house then or a uh, straw house then yeah everybody agrees uh, it's garbage and we haven't retrospected normally to like get away from it but um maybe you find opportunities and where people's understanding is different um and so that's just an example where you do that retro maybe once a year or something very infrequently um mixed in with you know in, in informal feedback sessions uh and that can expose things that have long lived or or you know or even doing liberating structure creativity type stuff or um you you can broaden out but i think the biggest risk of going really informal with it is that um your your chance at innovation is i think very low um because you're going to be talking um you know innovation and creativity is very low uh because it'll it'll just be whatever comes to mind at the moment um and especially if your retrospectives are focused on pain right so so another another really important one i think is bright spots analysis um and turn up the good and so uh i think if you don't have a retro that has no way to enter anything negative in it um then i most retros i think do tend to focus on the negative and so it's always let's fix the problem let's fix the problem rather than like notice the thing really good going on and do more of it i think teams are are less likely to to amplify the good without specifically doing bright spots analysis um so those are a few that i would not give up on yeah it's it's definitely a good point um I, I've seen in cases where, you know, maybe if if we we try to generate some topics and you know we we don't see much or maybe just like one or two negative things, you know, it's there's a tendency to think, okay, well, if if we said what needs to be made better and we didn't get much feedback, then things must be going pretty well. But the flip side is, you know, this, this is our time for giving the team feedback. And if no one brought forward anything positive, then you know, what, what do people actually appreciate about how we're working? You know, it, it's, it's not, it's not that the absence of positive feedback means, or it necessarily, you know, as long as people 
reminded to to bring their positive feedback um you know it doesn't necessarily mean like all is well you know it could mean that maybe people are are apathetic or um you know not not passionate about you know some things that they're working on or how they're working and yeah i think you know making sure that that that, that feedback is also sought as well is important nice nice yeah and i i really like what kind of putting together what you both said you know, mixing up the retro styles, whether less structure, more structure, different formats, things like that can help. I think you're, you're just kind of maybe one idea is you're looking at it from different angles. And like, maybe that's where the constraints leads, breeds creativity is sometimes no constraints will help you discover something that you wouldn't discover with constraints and vice versa. The constraints will help you discover something. And so I think that's, I think that's all great. And, um, and one thing, awesome thing about mobbing is sometimes you're having retros without even knowing it. Like, someone mentioned something that's good or bad and then you take action and you've just completed the essence of what you're trying to achieve with the retro <laughs> without any of the formality of it. Well, but you, you, Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say it is, it's also sort of a proficiency thing, right? So a lot of people mm. think of retros as happy, sad, upvote, discuss <laughs> action item, move on. And like, that's, that's only like true and useful, like to, 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 as an introduction, I think. Um, but yeah. as you branch out to the different formats, then, um, you're going for different things, creativity, um, longevity, sustainability, mm -hmm. all of the illities might have an individual retro for it, um, mm -hmm. that then can create, um, new, new types of brainstorming. Yeah. Yeah. yeah awesome. And, uh, before we run out of time, uh, you did bring up the topic in relation to skeptics. So I wanted to give you a little bit of uh, room for that, uh, uh, Chris. So, yeah, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, my my thoughts there are, um, you know, when when there are, you know, maybe people who join a team who, you know, are are kind of interested in the whole mob programming idea, but you know, they're maybe they're still kind of on the fence of, you know, is this really how, you know, we can work all the time and you know, on, on almost, you know, every hour of every, uh, you know, work hour of every work day um, or, or maybe, you know, if, if people have been willing to mob, but, you know, maybe seem like they, you know, are, are unsure about certain things, I think kind of going back to, the whole uh, experimentation part of the retrospective, I think is important, you know, saying, you know, let's, let's just agree to work a certain way, but let's feel free to uh, propose some kind of experiment. And that can be as small as uh, we're using five minute timers. What if we tried using seven minute timers? Or it can be as big as, uh, you know, we we might we might not have like a formal uh learning time uh kind of configured for our team but what if we break out some time to do a group learning time or what if we have like individual learning time like i don't know let's give it a try for a week see what happens you know uh like i said before the you won't know what works for your team with their specific context until you actually try it so you know, it's it's making sure that people who you know whether they're like fully on board with with different uh, elements of mobbing or maybe because also like going back to the um, 
like what you were saying about how you know with with remote you know people think that or you know some people think that i've seen how remote work uh works and it's not very uh collaborative you something that i've i've seen come up is mob programming can be you know it's supposed to be very good for knowledge sharing but what about all those times where you know one person just really knows what's going on and no one else in the team's really sure what to do. And you just have that one person who knows everything, um, sharing everything. And like in, in that case, you know, it's like, that's not necessarily because of like a flaw in mob programming as a format. It's, you know, have you heard of uh, strong style navigation? No. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, let's, let's try it. Let's make sure that yeah. even if the navigator doesn't really know everything let's let's have them try and then you know they'll they'll call upon the knowledge holder if they you know really uh need it but you know before before we think about throwing it out because like i don't know it's just it's just a format that that ends up with one person doing all the talking like well no there's there's things we can do to uh to work at it you know there's there's um there's other there's all kinds of experiments we can try. And if that feels weird, hey, how do you feel about trying it for one week? And if it if it was bad, let's throw it out. But we won't know how it feels for us until we try it. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it. And I think that's the wonderful thing about retrospectives with the experimentation mindset is it's kind of how mobbing is naturally feels human and talking and giving feedback um experimentation i feel like it naturally has buy-in in the sense of because it's open-ended you know it's not like i'm inflicting this result no matter what the data or the experiences are <laughs> you know it's like we're trying something and it may not work you know and so we'll find out if the people who are for or against it we'll, we'll find out and, and usually it's some blend of five different things but it, it has that uh kind of intriguing nature of let's let's try and see and uh yeah teams often find uh, the, the ways to make it work well for them. And that, that's awesome. And so love to keep chatting, but we're almost out of time. And uh, so uh, is there anything you want to share a plug before we uh, close? Um, let's say I'll just say, uh, as I said at the top, I'm a uh, one of the co-organizers of the Suffer Crafters Atlanta meetup. So uh, we are currently meeting. Uh, it's still virtual. Uh, so uh, you don't have to be in the Atlanta area. We are meeting on the first Tuesday of every month. Uh, we have uh, a book reading, a uh, coding exercise and space for uh, lightning talks. So uh, feel free to look us up on meetup and come to one of our meetings. Well, Chris uh, Stone, thank you so much for being on the show. This has been a really enriching conversation. I've learned a lot from it and it's been, it's been really good. And so uh, uh, thanks for being on the show and to our audience, uh, please like, and subscribe, uh, please share with others, especially you know, someone who uh, self-identifies as introvert or uh, someone uh, who might be interested in remote styles of collaboration and might be open to hearing about that or experimentation retrospective. So uh, yeah, please share this episode and uh, until next time, have a good one and mob on everybody. Bye. Bye everyone.